So my wife and I were going for a walk last week, and she asked me if I had a sermon series planned for the fall. And I said, yep, Deuteronomy. And she said, hang on, didn't they just hire you at that place? And you're starting with Deuteronomy on kickoff Sunday? And I said, yep. And then we didn't talk a lot after that. But <laughs> I, I am pumped to be preaching from the book of Deuteronomy this morning, and I am pumped that we are going to be going through this book together this fall. And I think you are going to see how fantastic and exciting this journey is going to be. And because we love you, we are not going to be preaching verse by verse through the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to hit the high points, but at the end of it, you're going to understand a lot about this book. And to help us to study this book, I've written this study guide, which is the best study guide ever written on the book of Deuteronomy, I'm sure. Uh, but you can go through this on your own. You can go through it in your life group. You can go through it with a group of friends. Uh, you can go through it with your family. My, our family, we're actually going through it uh, once a week together. Uh, so there's some in the back there by the library. You can pick one up uh, as you leave this morning. The word Deuteronomy means second law in Hebrew. This is because a large part of this book is Moses repeating things he's already taught the nation of Israel. It's a reflection back on their past, and it's looking towards their future. Deuteronomy is a collection of three sermons and a song from Moses just before they're about to take the promised land. So they're on the edge of the promised land. 400 years of Egyptian enslavement, followed by 40 years of wilderness wanderings, are about to come to an end. God's long-awaited promise of new life and a new land awaits. But before entering, Moses wanted to ensure that the Jewish nation would not forget all that Yahweh had done for them, and all that he had taught them. And so he gives them these sermons, and he gives them this song. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. It's, it's the final book of what is known as the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch simply refers to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, also known as the books of Moses. The Pentateuch, these first five books, are, are found in all three of the holy books of the three major monotheistic religions. It's in the Islamic Quran, it's in the Jewish Torah, and of course, it's in the Christian Bible. These are foundational books for the majority of people living in the world. Deuteronomy is the most important book in the Old Testament, in terms of giving us a clear idea of what God is like and what he wants out of his creation. Biblical scholar J. Gordon McConville calls it one of the great theological documents of all time. Old Testament scholar Bruce Walke states, Deuteronomy has had greater consequences for human history than any other single book. For the first time in human history, universal education and health care and a welfare system are provided for. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy more than any other book in the Bible. Jesus could quote Deuteronomy from memory, which means that Jesus' worldview was shaped by this book. You know, there's a fascinating incident in the life of of Jesus, where he's in the wilderness and Satan comes to tempt him. 
And Jesus responds to every temptation from the evil one by quoting Deuteronomy. Every one of those verses that he quotes is from Deuteronomy. When asked what the greatest commandment is, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy. He says the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, which comes out of the book of Deuteronomy. So this is an important book. And as followers of Jesus, we need to understand this book. Deuteronomy covers a lot of things. We, we learn about monotheism, that there's only one God, Yahweh. We learn about covenant. We learn about the love of God. We learn about the sovereignty of God. We learn about worship. We learn about justice. We learn that there's blessings when we obey God, and then there's curses when we disobey God. We learn about the law of God. The purpose of the book of Deuteronomy is to guide the life and conduct of Israel after they've entered the promised land. Yahweh is their God, and he's given them laws to live under. You know, I've called this sermon series Rules for Life. It's a play off the book that was famous a few years ago by Jordan Peterson called 12 Rules of Life. And so we're going a little deeper than Jordan Peterson. We're going straight to God, and we're getting his rules for life. And the miracle that's going to happen is that as we study this book together, we are going to see how practical realities there are for how we should live our lives. This book was written so that Israel would know how to live in the promised land. And the journey of the Israelites is a mirror of the journey of a human being coming to Jesus Christ. We are rescued from slavery in order to enter a promised land. And, so there are, and then there are rules and laws that God prescribes for us in order to fully enjoy and experience the life he has for us. So with this as background, let's go to our passage. If you have your Bibles or devices, open them up to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at the first eight verses. These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the wilderness east of the Jordan, that is in the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazareth, and Dizahab. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after he had defeated, defeated Sihon, king of the Amorites, who, resigned, who reigned in Heshbon, and at Edri had defeated Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. East of the Jordan, in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law, saying, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. We're going to see three things in this passage. We're going to see the word, we're going to see movement, and we're going to see promise. Let's start with the word. Deuteronomy 1.1. These are the words Moses spoke to all Israel. 
Verse 3, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded concerning them. Verse 5, Moses began to expound this law. In the first five verses, we're shown what Moses is going to do throughout the whole book. Moses is going to speak to Israel. He's going to proclaim to Israel all the Lord had commanded him concerning them. He's going to expound the law, speaking proclaiming, expounding. And what Moses is speaking are not his words alone. He didn't go off somewhere by himself and thought up a bunch of stuff that he can tell the Israelites. They're not the words of some small group of elite religious or political leaders. The book of Deuteronomy is the words of God coming to the people of God through the man God has chosen. And so my first point is simple. This is the word of God. And this is so appropriate for kickoff Sunday when, when we have people visiting and maybe coming, trying to figure out what this place is all about. And as we're setting the table for what we are all about, what Moses does, speaking, proclaiming, expounding, that is the heart of what happens here at Ebenezer every Sunday behind this pulpit. Every person who stands here to preach is called to proclaim what God has commanded concerning you. Preaching is a delivery system of God's word moving through a human being out to God's people. And so Moses gives us a model of what biblical preaching should look like. He preaches, he proclaims, he expounds. God speaks to Moses, and Moses passes it on to Israel. Ebenezer Baptist has a long tradition of preaching out of this book. And we make no apology for it. While others might be deviating and moving away from this book, we stand firmly grounded in it. This past summer during my devotions, I read in Isaiah, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. If we as a church do not stand firmly grounded in the word of God, we will not stand at all. So as we start this ministry year, we start it grounded, rooted, and established in God's timeless word. So the first word is word. The second word is movement. Verses 6 to 7. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You've stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. Go. Movement. Break camp. Advance. Go to all the neighboring people. This is it. 400 years of slavery, 40 years of seemingly meaningless wandering in the wilderness, and it all comes down to this. Break camp, advance, go. It is time to move. I believe the Christian faith is all about movement. We are given new life. Living things are supposed to grow. And I believe that Ebenezer Baptist Church, like Israel, is on the edge of the vista of a new promised land. I believe there's something that God has for us as a church. But in order to get there, we need to move, we need to organize, we need to mobilize, we need to rally. And the reason for that is this, is because we live in a city of great need and a city of great suffering. Right now, as we are gathered here this morning in worship, 
Somewhere in this city, there's a businessman in despair, not knowing how he's going to make payroll. Right now, as we gather together here in worship, somewhere in this city, there's a new mother walking through the hell of postpartum depression. Right here, as we gather together in this city, there's a high school girl who thinks she's ugly and is wondering if anyone will ever like her. As we gather here this morning, right now in this city, there's a college student who has left home for the first time and is filled with anxiety and fear, and he he doesn't even know why he feels anxious and afraid. We live in a city of great need. We live in a city of great suffering. And into this city of need, into this city of suffering, at the corner of Konohowski and Central, God has plunked down a community of people, and he gathers us together, and he says to us, Ebenezer Church, I love this city. I love Saskatoon. I love Warman. I love Martinsville. I love all the other towns that Santosh couldn't remember to put in his sermon. God loves this city. And he calls me and he calls you in joining him in loving this city. There is not a human being in this city that God does not love. There is not a human being in this city that God does not want to save. There is not a human being in this city that God does not want to transform into his likeness. Think of that truth and of that fact this week as you go back to your office, as you go to your campus, as you go into your classroom, as you walk around in your neighborhood, as you shop, as you go to coffee. Just think that every single human being you see is someone whom God deeply loves and longs to have in his family. Movement. Word, movement. Let's get to the last one. Promise. Verse 8. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers. God tells Israel, I have given you this land. They they don't even have it yet. But he tells them, I've given it to you. They, They haven't even seen it yet. Go, take it. This is a great church. This church has a rich and deep history. It has been led by godly men of faith, most recently by Pastor Leighton Erickson. And and God's grace has been all over this place. One of our pastors on staff told me it's, it's almost like there's a special dispensation of grace on this place. And I believe that to be true. I've served in many kinds of churches. I've served in many kinds of ministry settings. But there's something special about this place. And as great and as excited as we can be about our college and career ministry, our youth ministry, our kids ministry, this this room being packed out, people being in overflow, we dare not grow complacent. We dare not believe we have arrived because there's always more ministry. There's always more to do. There's always more land to conquer, more hills to claim. Jesus said the harvest is plenty, and I believe there are great things ahead for us as a church, and I believe there are great things ahead for you as a follower of Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're on the edge of your own promised land. God is nudging you to get out of your comfort zone, to take a step of faith, to join a ministry, to volunteer, 
Maybe there's someone here this morning and you've grown up in the church, or maybe you're brand new, you're checking this out, someone dragged you here, and you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. You, you may have grown up hearing all this all your life, but for whatever reason, you've never made that crossover into following Jesus. Maybe this could be the day where you make that commitment. When I was 17 years old, I had a very unique opportunity. I was invited to speak for one and a half minutes at the Christian Missionary Alliance's General Assembly, which is this large national gathering, about 3,000 people. And it was, it was right here in Saskatoon. It was in Circle Drive Alliance Church. And I remember sitting there. I was sitting over here. And the whole time, I was just like, I'm going to run out of this place. I don't want to do this. This is horrible. I don't want to do this. I, I'm, I'm a kid. What can I say? What can I do? And I'm literally praying that God would do something that I don't have to do this. Just before my name was called to go up and speak, the fire alarm went off. And I was like, <laughs> praise the Lord. He's burning this place down so I don't have to speak. So, but it was a false alarm. And I got up to speak and I said, you know, we just heard that that was a false alarm. But what if there was a real fire? What if this building was going to burn down and you knew about it? What would you do? Grab a guitar and start singing about burning buildings? Would we start a committee to discuss the ramifications of burning buildings on the ecclesial realities of church in the 21st century? No. If we knew this place was going to burn down, we would move. We would mobilize. We would rally. We would take action. We would do everything in our power to save as many people as possible. We are all still shocked and saddened by the devastating earthquake that took place on Friday night in Morocco, where last count this morning, 2,000 people had lost their lives and many more were injured. And it's interesting, the king of Morocco immediately decreed that the first government response would be to provide shelter and rebuild houses for all the orphans, because so many kids had lost their parents. Orphans are at the top of the priority list for the king. Every human being that does not know God as father is an orphan. And so the king of kings comes to you, and he comes to me, and he says, go, mobilize, bring in the orphans into our family. I'll invite the worship team up uh, as we do our closing song. Let us go into this ministry year grounded in God's word, moving where God wants us, and believing his destiny for us. Grounded in God's word, moving where God wants us, and believing that he has a great destiny for us. And as is our practice here at Ebenezer Baptist Church, we offer opportunity for people to respond uh, to the worship or to the message that you've heard. There'll be people at the front here to pray for you if you have a need or there is something, commitment you want to make in response to this message, please take advantage of this. Now to him who is able to do more, more, he's able to do more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be the glory, both now and forevermore. 